Good evening, and welcome to A Closer Look. I'm your host, Laurie Hackett, and welcome back to another show where we spend time getting to know leaders in our community. As you know, together we have so many nonprofit organizations throughout the Lehigh Valley, and this show, A Closer Look, gives us the chance to really dig in, meet the people who are making such a difference. So we're ready to get started. Tonight, our first guest is Kathy Trimble, and Kathy is Vice President of Mission Advancement with Pinebrook Family Answers. Welcome, Kathy. Thanks, Lori. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, I'm happy to, that you're here as well. We have known each other well. We've worked closely together. You're everywhere in the community. So this is a wonderful chance for us to really focus on your agency, Pinebrook Family Answers. Let's just get started with that. Tell us about Pinebrook. What is the mission of your agency? The mission, in a nutshell, because I don't want to read our mission statement, is to keep children, adults, and families safe, healthy, and self-sufficient. And we do that by 20 or so different programs in the community, mental health programs, and work to help individuals um, thrive here in the Lehigh Valley. So certainly you are there to support families and youth in need in our community. What is your reach? How far does your reach go to serve people in our community? Well, we are all over the greater Lehigh Valley. Um, We actually have brick and mortar offices in Allentown, Easton, and Wingap in the Slate Belt. Um, We also have programs that actually reach into Carbon County. And so our community-based programs um, go all throughout Allentown, Bethlehem, Easton, and beyond. And I know when you mentioned your mission, there are different program areas. You have family and community, mental health, foster care, and reentry programs. Could you tell us a little bit about those? Yep. So Pinebrook was started, um, we're a product of several mergers. And the first known agency was from 1902. And it was the Charitable Organization Society of the Bethlehems, when Bethlehem was North and South Bethlehem. Okay. That evolved, many mergers, different things. Pinebrook Services for Children and Youth was started as a foster care agency in 1979 and expanded into mental health programs because Florence Applebaum, our founder, recognized that children who were being placed into foster care because of the traumatic uh, experiences they had needed to have counseling. And so that has become a best practice throughout the whole program for others too. So now, honestly, about 75% of what we do is mental health work, whether it is in our clinics, um, we have a large integrated behavioral health, meaning we have counselors placed in schools that are embedded in the community, the school community, they're part of the school um, and can see students at any time. And we have a number of others. We have um, mental health workers that are embedded in the Lehigh County Police Department to help people that should not be arrested get the help that they need. So that's like our mental health programs. Mm -hmm. Our community-based programs are pretty much pure social work. They're case management. They go into people's homes that are identified for different reasons. Elementary and middle school children that are chronically truant from school. Um, Young children in childcare that are having behavioral problems that are in danger of losing their childcare placement. Families that, for one reason or another, through children and youth, are recognized that they're struggling and they need a little extra help. So those are our case management programs. And how has COVID affected both of those programs that you just shared with us? Honestly, for our mental health programs, specifically like counseling, just pure therapy and psychiatric services, they have largely gone to telehealth. We had waivers. We could do it. And now it's 
legitimate and that's the wave of the future. People, um, it saves them time. They don't have to drive to the office. Certainly there's some that benefit by doing therapy in person. Mm -hmm. um, And we absolutely still continue to see them. But many of our clients do prefer telehealth. The other programs, pretty much after the shutdown, after like two months, we're back in the community. You know, we had protocols to keep them safe, but they are face-to-face programs. They need to be in the community or in the school to work with the people, uh, with the clients. And so they have not really changed. And Kathy, we know about Pinebrook Family Answers' commitment to foster care. I know that's an important program that you do. Can you share a little bit about your foster care program? Yes. As I mentioned, we started um, Pinebrook Family Services, which is now what Pinebrook Family Answers is, started as a foster care agency. Um, And so we oversee the foster families. Um, We recruit them, we train them, and then we ongoing supervise them that are taking care of the foster children. It's challenging work. Foster care agencies throughout the entire Lehigh Valley are in dire need of foster parents. There's more children coming into care than our homes to place them. Ideally, you would not want someone to go into congregate care, into like a group home. And there's certainly agencies that do that and do it well, but the preference is that they be with a family so they can get the love and attention that they need. And and foster parents, they they do not do it for the money. They do it because they have love in their hearts and they can give to these children and provide a safe home. Ultimately, the goal is reunification with their bio families. And so we have programs that work with the the parents to help them to overcome the challenges that they have in order to get their children back in their home. But that doesn't always work. And then we have an adoption unit that works to find adoptive families for those children that can't return. As you described that to us, it really came clear that Pinebrook Family Answers, you really keep the family at the center of all that you do. Yep. That is absolutely kind of our mission mantra um, is, you know, the ideal is to keep the family together, whether it be in, in mental health programs. One of the things that's really interesting is we served about 5,000 unique clients last year. But we started in the past couple of years actually tracking the other family members that we work with that aren't the individually identified client. And we actually served about 15,000 people because whether it be in therapy or in these case management programs, we're working with the family as a whole. Mm-hmm. And Kathy, you came into this role. I know you've had other experiences. I know you do other volunteer work in the community. And I know that collaboration is a real key part, a value of yours, and certainly a value of Pinebrook's. Are there any examples of other agencies that you collaborate with, again, keeping that family at the center? Yes. So one of the programs that we recently started, knowing that housing is a real challenge here in the Lehigh Valley, is uh, Lehigh County asked us to work together and um, write a grant, and we worked with Valley Youth House. And we have, um, it's called SHIFT. I can't remember what the acronym is, but it's basically to provide housing intervention specialists um, to work with families that housing or lack of adequate housing would make their children go into foster care. So we're trying to avoid children going into the foster care system simply because of housing. Mm -hmm. And so with Valley Youth House, we developed this program. We both have um, specialists that work in the community. And that's just an example of, you know, sometimes we we collaborate very well um, with the schools, 
um, with other organizations. Um, and I think that is the core of Pinebrook's philosophy as well. And I think that's a value of our entire community. We, I have the opportunity to talk to so many leaders like you, and collaboration always comes up. Kathy, what about you as a volunteer? I know you're highly engaged with the Nonprofit <laughs> Council, the Volunteer Center, so many. What is it about serving our community that really strikes a chord with you? You know, personally, I've always been active as a volunteer. Ever since I got out of college, there's different things I was involved in. I really feel like the Lehigh Valley is a unique community because it has a very vibrant nonprofit and volunteer presence. And it was never more evident than in COVID when everybody pulled together and there were community calls, people were helping each other. Um, And I just really enjoy giving back. Um, And I will tell you that the people that I have met through volunteering and serving on boards and, you know, being active are people that I consider some of my, you know, best friends and, and, and are certainly more, not interesting, but it's just different than just your core group of friends that, you know, you do the same thing all the time. There's always something going on. There's always challenges and things you want to throw yourself into. And, and whether it's our organization or other organizations, it's, it's just personally very engaging for me. Is there someone, Kathy, that inspired you, someone who you learned from early on? You know, I think that it was a combination of people. I will think back to my paternal grandmother who was started the hospital auxiliary in her little teeny town in upstate New York and then was one of the first female board members. And she was um, involved in politics and the Democratic Party. And so she was always, when we went there, she always had meetings and and she was kind of ahead of her time. but then my mom was always a volunteer. She ran the Meals on Wheels program, you know, for our church. And so service and in getting involved. And I'm proud to say I see that also, you know, with my children, mm-hmm. that that's always been something that they see from me. And so then they get involved. So I'm happy to kind of take it from before and pass it along. What a wonderful example of a long line of volunteers and service and commitment. What did you do before Pinebrook? I was actually in the corporate world. Um, I was a recruiter. I had my own business for um, search and placement for financial services in Manhattan. I lived here, but I commuted in and I did that. And then in around 2008, you know, the market was not great. I felt like I needed to make a change. And um, at that time, I was kind of doing some part-time work, doing a lot of professional volunteering, I felt like. And then I thought, you know what? I really enjoy this, and I'm sure I could find a nonprofit that would hire me. And so Pinebrook took a chance. Um, I had had volunteer fundraising experience, um, and they hired me, and that was 10 years ago in December. And my role has grown since then um, beyond just pure fundraising, and um, I love it. I think my job is the greatest in the world. One of the things that I like most is helping our direct care workers. They come to me. They have needs. Their clients have needs. And, you know, I don't have a magic pot of money, but I have connections and I can, you know, think creatively and help them to get their clients what they need. And I love that's my favorite part of the job. Great. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I know on Air Products' behalf, we're a proud partner with Pinebrook, and we've certainly witnessed firsthand the great work that you do. It's obvious that you love your job so much. Is there an example you have that you learned from that helped you really see that you're exactly where you should be right now? 
You know, I think thinking back through COVID mm-hmm. and such an uncertain time, but I got up every morning feeling like I had a purpose because from the beginning, we knew that our clients were going to be impacted the most. They were living in small apartments. They couldn't social distance. Um, they were going to work in grocery stores and warehouses. And we knew from the get-go. And I just felt like I got up every morning and I had a reason to go to work. And I think a lot of people didn't have that. They were mm-hmm. kind of faltering and, and grasping. And But I never felt that. Like, I was just like, go, go, go. Because I knew, you know, we were scrambling. What could we do? What could we – I oversee technology. How could we get – more laptops into the hands of our caseworkers that needed them. And that was just, I really realized that I was where I was meant to Mm -hmm. be and I could use my skills. I'm a problem solver and it was wonderful for me. What a great example. Thanks for sharing that. Kathy, we're nearing the end of our time together. How can our community get involved? There's a lot of ways people get involved with Pinebrook. Unfortunately, In terms of um, one-on-one contact with our clients, it's a a little hard because, you know, HIPAA and all the different things. Um, We have people that do drives for us for school supplies, holiday gifts, um, air products. Operation Hope is a great contributor to, to providing holiday gifts for our clients, spring baskets. You know, one of the things recently that I'm getting more and more requests for is, you know, gas gift cards. People, mm-hmm. you know, our clients are really struggling with the price of gas. Mm-hmm. And you can go to a food bank and you can get food. But if you need gas to get to doctor's appointments mm-hmm. or work, that's, you know, so if people can donate that. Um, we obviously have board positions. We're always looking for interested community members to get involved. We really want to understand the community we serve. So having a diverse board that knows what the needs of the community are is really important to us. So we have those opportunities. And how would people find out more? Well, they could go to our website, www.pbfalv.org. And fun fact, uh, the contact us section goes directly to me. <laughs> so, right. so if anybody wants to learn more or talk about different volunteer opportunities, they can just click the contact us and, and it'll c- get right to me. Great. So listeners, you heard it here. You send a love note on their website and Kathy herself will reply. So thanks for being with us. Again, we were joined tonight by Kathy Trimble, Vice President of Mission Advancement for Pinebrook Family Answers. Thanks again, Kathy. Thank you, Lori. It was really great to chat with you and be able to share a little bit about what we do at Pinebrook. Well, we appreciate it. And we'll be right back. Spread the word about your business or organization to a well-informed audience. Become an underwriter with WDIY. Our lineup of NPR news and locally produced programs reaches thousands of engaged listeners in the Lehigh Valley and beyond. Underwriting on WDIY is an affordable and effective way to provide information about your product and services to people who care. To learn more about underwriting opportunities, 610-694-8100 or WDIY.org. Welcome back to A Closer Look. I'm your host, Laurie Hackett. And for this part of the show, we are so excited to welcome my friend and a great community leader, David Yanishek. Welcome, David. 
Thank you for having me, and I want to thank you for doing this show. I learned so much from every episode. I thought I knew it all, but every time I learned something new about the why behind some of these organizations and not just the what. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for saying that. It's It's been such a pleasure, and I, I appreciate you listening to the shows, and we have so many people who do and comment on it, and it does. It gives us a chance each month just to pause and focus on volunteerism and this incredible nonprofit community. So thank you. And that's why you're here today. David, you are so so involved in many nonprofits across the Lehigh Valley. I'd love to start just by asking, what do you see as the spirit of volunteerism in the Lehigh Valley? Do you think it's alive and well? It is so alive and getting better. Um, I worried, you know, with COVID and people not being face-to-face, but I was on a Zoom board meeting this morning before I came here, and I had a live board meeting earlier in the week. So, it's, it's, I think it's actually allowing people who couldn't find the time to get involved before to do it. And hybrid work situations and a little more fluidity in the workplace has also allowed people to follow their interests. Mm-hmm. And I know as a volunteer, and you've certainly seen this, there's a lot of different ways our community friends can be involved from showing up for one event or serving as a board member. What do you see across the board? I know you've been involved in a lot of different ways. Could you talk about that for our listeners, about the opportunity that's out there? Well, I think it's important that people, there's so many reasons why people should volunteer. Mm -hmm. Um, Find something that you're really good at and share your talents, or find something that you know nothing about and take the opportunity to learn something new from people who are smarter than you are, you know, so I think first understand that it's not just about doing what you do for your day job for the the nonprofit. Um, Sometimes it's better for them to get a fresh perspective. Um, I've been involved in kids charities. I don't have kids. I've been involved in theater and nonprofits around theater and music and arts. And I really don't have any talent. Um, Don't tell anyone that. (laughs) So I think, you know, the reasons are so uh, varied and no one should feel like they have to fit a mold. They should just follow their passion, follow their desires. I appreciate that. And what you especially said is to use also the skills that you have. Some you want to learn. I know for me, I often have signed up for the finance committee because I often, that's an area that people don't often ask me to be on finance committees, but I wanted to learn more about that. So I put myself in that situation. Are there some skills that you have at work and as a professional leader that you then have taken out to your volunteer work? Absolutely. I mean, early on when I started volunteering and I was in sales and marketing, it was always like, we need you in the marketing committee. And, you know, I've been blessed by the workplaces that I've been in. You know, I've had employers who not only allowed but encouraged community involvement. So that kind of was my ilk. And it still happens every now and then. You could be on the marketing committee. But I've, I've found, to your point, now people are asking me to look at HR policies and look at finance committees and special event committees and, you know, kind of different things that I normally would do. Although I've done so many things over the past 35 years, I've kind of hit it all. So <laughs> I think there's still plenty left to do. I think so. And also I'll add on to that again for our listeners that the Volunteer Center of the Lehigh Valley really is a wonderful resource. So many of the skills and the reasons to get involved in volunteering that you mentioned, our listeners can work with the Volunteer Center to really learn more about those specific opportunities. Sure. David, what about you as a volunteer? How did you first get involved? What is it? 
back when you were young that was either instilled in you or you learned from that made you want to continue to serve? Well, it's, I was always a kind of gregarious person. I have one brother, um, so I I got involved to socialize, I think, earlier, even in high school, you know, the the clubs and all of that, the yearbook club. I just wanted to be around people. And then my first job at the morning call, my orientation, they mentioned the United Way. They encouraged support of the United Way, $2 a week, you know. And then, of course, I got involved in the United Way committee, and that was a pretty big group at the morning call. And it started from there. I joined the Whitehall Exchange Club because of my work, a way to get out into the community and meet people. And that led to supporting the Miss Lehigh Valley pageant because they sponsored it, which led to Miss Pennsylvania and you know Miss America. Now I've, I've judged for some states and it's all volunteer and it's all you know scholarship opportunities for women. So kind of started early on and just kind of blossomed. And where are you involved now as a volunteer? Um, currently, I am on the board at the Civic Theater. Uh, the, my meeting today was for the Downtown Allentown Business Alliance, which okay. is kind of an offshoot of the chamber. Really great group of people um, on the marketing committee for the Communities and Schools 40th Anniversary Celebration. And I, I'm fortunate to support some charities around events. So the Northampton Community College Foundation does the Food and Wine Festival Equilibrium does the polo match at Braden Airport. And um, the American Advertising Federation of the Greater Lehigh Valley, I'm on their programming committee. So I'm keeping busy with that. But again, some is live, some is virtual, some is um, on Zoom. Such a diversity of organizations where you volunteer. I know you were honored a few years ago by ArtsQuest, and you won the coveted Linney Award for service. Could you talk about that award and how that made you feel to be recognized like that by ArtsQuest and the community? Sure. Well, Jeff Parks was one of the first people that really inspired my volunteerism, and he was the founder of Music Fest. Um, so I got involved very early on through him, and, and I was uh, on Chris Kindlemark Council then for a while, and I was the president of Chris Kindlemark Council. But I've been fortunate. Uh, the the award is the for volunteerism for the arts. So I've been fortunate to be part of, either through work or personal, places like the Zollner Art Center, Symphony Hall, um, the Banana Factory, of course, all of the ArtsQuest entities throughout the years. So And knowing Linny, that award meant so much meant so much to me. Would you tell our listeners a little bit about Lenny Fowler? They all might not know her. Well, founder of family founded UPS, and she is one of those people, which I, we're seeing more. She was the early, you know, philanthropist that really reinvested in the community, you know, not just in the family business, but realizing that the family is the community. And she and her husband just across the Lehigh Valley have just made their mark and left such a wonderful legacy through all kinds of charities uh, for children in need, to adults in need, to seniors in need, to supporting the arts, um, and just kind of making arts accessible. Linny was certainly a big friend and fan also of this radio station. So certainly a real community treasure. And I know many of us miss her very much. Yeah. David, you mentioned Jeff Parks. Mm -hmm. Are there other mentors that you've had, somebody that you've watched and learned from? Oh, absolutely. Um, 
A big uh, influence early on in my life was Costas Kalagropoulos, who's the founder of Dream Come True, and also Camelot for Children. Mm-hmm. But he, uh, he told me, in order to do well, you need to do good. And of course, it sounded better when he said it with his <laughs> Greek accent and that booming voice of his. But I never forgot that. And he would periodically treat me to lunch and just pick my brain and say, what are you up to now? What are you doing? How are you giving back? You know, and I was on the Dream Come True board two or three times. You know, you go on and go off. And then he invited me to join the Camelot board when they were going through a transition. So I did, you know, I just learned so much from him. And he was and is still such a force. And what advice do you have for other volunteers or other people who are thinking about getting involved who maybe don't have a mentor like Costas? Well, uh, being a Penn Stater, I've always said if you want, if you're ever in a crowd and you don't know anyone, just yell out "We are," because someone is going to say Penn State in response. But don't don't shy away from opportunities. And you had mentioned the Volunteer Center before, but there are kind of these umbrella omnibus organizations like the Volunteer Center, like the United Way, and then there's organizations like the Highmark Walk for a Healthy Community that touches so many different charities. So I would say that's a good place to start. And as a volunteer, it might be pouring beer at Music Fest. It might be a docent at one of the museums in and, and historic Bethlehem. There's so many opportunities. But start with checking out the Volunteer Center website. For you know, They list them on there. And you can take a bit of a survey on their website to understand what community do I want to work in? How much time do I have to really find a good match? Yeah. And they also have, if I might add, a little plug for them. They have a very robust calendar of events on their website that will give you dates, times, and I think possibly registration mm-hmm. for some mm-hmm. of them. So, David, our community, and I've seen you at many of these, hold activities often where volunteers are applauded and honored. Why do you think it's important to pause and recognize people who give up their time? Hmm. Well, you know, before I received the Linney Award, I actually got Weller Center's Outstanding Friend to Kids Award. They subsequently, the next year, were uh, absorbed by Lehigh Valley Health Network. So I got the last Outstanding Friend to Kids Award. But that also meant a lot to me just because it's not something that was part of my everyday life. But I was involved in these organizations that allowed me, because I didn't have kids, to do things that would help other people's kids. So there is that feel good. I remember what my first dream come true event. I said, I'll, I'll support you any way I can, but I don't want to see the kids. It's too sad. And then I went to the Christmas party and I saw not only a kid, but 50 of them. And it just, it just changed my perspective on life. <laughs> David, is there a story that you can share about an experience that you had while volunteering that really sticks with you? Um, This story is a dream come true story, and it was a Christmas party that I attended. And I remembered seeing these two twins, blonde hair, blue eyed, probably five years old, and they both had terminal illnesses. And they were getting a little rammy and um, their mother scolded them. And I pulled her aside and I said, how can you, how do you yell at them? I don't get, I don't understand. And she said, I have to make their lives as normal as possible now, or they'll just, they won't have any quality of life. And it was just so sad. But, you know, it, she was strong and she was focused on them and focused on their siblings who were going to live on beyond it. So 
So, that so, was very poignant and very touching to me and pulled me right into the organization. Exactly. It's yeah. a fine organization. I think that's where you and I met many, many years ago. I um, was wondering. I was trying to remember, yes, but yeah. I was on that board as well with Costas. And yeah. You're right. And I could listen to him talk all day long. Oh, it yeah. was fabulous. Yeah. So. David, we're nearing the end of our time, but I'm sure our listeners would love some final tips or ideas or advice from you as someone who has been engaged in so many different ways and so many different levels throughout the community. What advice would you give to someone who's thinking about getting started? I think the first step is figuring out why, what your why is. Are you looking to network? Are you looking to meet friends? Uh, Some of my best friends I've met through volunteering or events. Are you looking for a mentor? Are you looking to broaden your horizons? Are you a young person who's starting to build a network? Are you currently working and looking for opportunities? Are you nearing retirement and looking for ways to fill your time or share your wisdom? There's so many needs out there that can be filled, and we all have different needs. So figure out what your why is and pursue it. That is a perfect answer and such great advice. You know, in this community, we're out a lot. People are, there's so many events, so much opportunity for us. We see each other at those. And I often see you making connections with people, you know, connecting a nonprofit with a for-profit, a funder with somebody who's looking for, for support. So certainly that's advice that you follow yourself, I know. Absolutely. It's crucial for the organizations and it does help other people. So I'm very fortunate to have had the opportunity to do it as a profession. And now, as I'm going moving to the end of my career, can no, I say that? No, no. Uh, but it's, it's amazing at how all of the connections that I've made over the years now have kind of created an opportunity to network and connect people and, and help them. Thank you, David. Again, you have so many connections throughout the Valley, and we appreciated this time. Any final thoughts before we end our time together? Volunteering, especially in a place like the Lehigh Valley, which is such a huge community, allows you to create a smaller universe that you can build connections, share your insights, and build friendships and teams of people that can make a difference. So you might not make a a big wave starts with a small ripple. So we all have an important role in creating the change that we want to see in the community, and it starts with volunteering. So well said. Listeners, again, we were joined tonight by David Yanishek, who is a volunteer and community leader throughout the Lehigh Valley. David, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us tonight for another episode of A Closer Look. Remember, you can also find past episodes of A Closer Look and other public affairs programming at WDIY.org or wherever you stream your podcasts. Be sure and tune in next Monday for more WDIY public affairs programming. I'm Laurie Hackett, and I'll see you next time on A Closer Look.